Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with episode 39 of the Tutor Podcast. And today's subject is, perhaps, something you haven't really given a lot of thought to, but which I believe you must pay attention to, because it can have powerful positive and powerful negative effects, depending on how you handle it. This episode is all about setting your stage, how planning and presenting your location and premises can create a deep first impression, or not. Okay, let's get cracking. First things first, your location is vital. If you don't yet have premises, or you're thinking of moving your teaching premises, what I suggest you look out for is good access. Good access from the roads. You don't want to be stuck at the back end of some little farm track somewhere. As idyllic as it might be, that's going to be difficult. I'd suggest you go for somewhere with reasonable passing traffic and a fair degree of prominence or visibility. Uh, My house is actually on a B road. It's between two of the local towns. I get a lot of, what I would say, awareness from people because they have banners attached to the boundary fence, which is right next to the roadside. So I'm very visible. I'm kind of world famous where I am in the world. Uh, keep an eye out for landmarks that can be easy to find. So when you're giving people directions, it's a nice idea to be able to say, just, just turn left at the, the statue of the guy on the horse or something like that. Everybody knows where I am because I'm half a mile from a particularly notorious 180-degree hairpin at the bottom of a steep hill. I'm an easy find. So when you're looking for that location, one of the things I suggest you really think is off-road parking. If you've got it, great. It's just a lovely thing for your clients to be able to pull off the road, park up, rather than getting buzzed by passing traffic or causing annoyance to your neighbours. Now, back of all this, if you are mixing the use of the premises, if you live in the same place you're going to teach, if you're home-based, think about how you're going to separate those two things. If you really want your kids and your partner to be bumping into students or students' parents all over the home, if you can, move it into a separate area of the house. If you have an annex or an outbuilding, that might be a good thing to look out for. Maybe even a garage conversion just to teach it. Now, if you already have premises that you're happy with, we need to make sure that it looks good. If it looks like it's about to fall down at any moment, it's going to put people off. So keep it well maintained and clean, tidy on the outside. Keep it as neat and tidy as you can. If you can get away with signage, get some signs. This is the single most efficient thing you can do, I believe. So exploit your passing traffic, get some signage up there, get known in your location. If your home has a distinguishing feature, you might want to make a point of that on your website. Um, I know someone actually teaches on a house that has a bell tower and they they always include the bell tower in their marketing materials because it's such a distinctive feature of the home. I've already said tidy, not just outside but on the inside too. If you've got crap everywhere, muddy shoes, boots, 
clothes hanging on null posts, it just looks, well, it just looks rubbish. So one of the big considerations is make it safe for student access. Have a good look at any pathways, steps or ramps if you have them. Make sure they're fit for purpose. Make sure they're not slippery, moss overgrown, covered in algae, damp, wet, whatever. Have they got handrails? You're going to need them. You don't want people falling down, falls, tumbles, accidents, injuries. They're bad for business, so don't do it. And external lighting. Constant external lights make you easy to see. If you think the running cost might be a bit too much, you might want to look at some automatic LED floodlights just to make sure that everybody who's coming and going is safe. This is pretty important if you've got two, three big floodlights on the outside of the house when people come. They're going to feel much more comfortable getting out of the car. If you live in a dark place, I live in a semi-rural location, so the street lighting isn't always on. It's not predictable. So I think it's nice to get out into a well-lit area and then provide them with decent access. So when the, when the student arrives at your premises, make it easy for them to get in. You don't want to have to have them pounding away on the door because you can't hear them. So it might be worth putting an intercom, a video system with a call button on it, and even remote door release to just let them in the building. So at the bare minimum, I think, a doorbell in your teaching room that can be heard. You might also want to think about, say, a movement sensor or a, a sound system. So when someone enters the perimeter of, the, of your premises, you'll hear a little bleep or a, a ping of some description. For me, I can't see the driveway from my teaching room. So this is a really useful gadget to have in place, as is CCTV that pings up on the screen of your computer and lets you know that there's someone outside. It may well be worth thinking about facilities for disabled students when they visit your premises. You know, thinking about ramps can be expensive, can be difficult, but they do give you access to students who perhaps won't be able to find a tutor with similar facilities. It could give you a small marketing edge. That depends on whether you think it's worth it. So let's look inside the premises. And there are some key issues I think we should all address. Biggest of all is safety of students and of yourself. Injuries are bad for business, as I've just said. So make sure you don't have any rooked carpets, any slippery mats, um, tile floors that get wet and slippy together just keep it safe make sure you've got fire exits that are clearly signed just in the event that the whole place goes up in smoke safety again think about your equipment i'm a, a guitar teacher i use computers amplifiers effects units and get them pat tested portable appliance tested remember this is an allowable expense of your business and it's not that expensive to be honest but then if someone does get a belt or a shock or there's a problem with it, you can at least say, well, I had it tested, I've done my best, and you can defend yourself. Again, that's a necessary cost of business. It uh, should go onto your accounts. So generally speaking, the whole of the parts of your premises that students have access to, make sure it's well-maintained. If you look after the business, there will automatically be an assumption that you will look after the students, that you're a professional and you know what you're doing. It kind of rubs off on you. If you walk into somewhere and it's an absolute tip and there are things hanging out all over the place that need fixing, it 
flags you up as someone who really can't be asked an amateur now one of the easiest ways to create a good first impression is to make sure there's plenty of light in the premises where the students have access to if it's dingy it's going to be off-putting and from a practical level if you're trying to teach in low light environments it's deeply unhelpful uh, particularly if you're working in your own shadows so think about where you're putting in my case music stands where the student is in the light source so we're not casting shadows onto the teaching material you can help yourself with this by choosing a color scheme that's fairly neutral and, and light now, unless you're mad keen to have a big bold brand color yeah if it's big and bold it might be better you keep that as a highlight color in any color or decor scheme then keep it tidy tidiness rigs of professionalism if there's rubbish everywhere, you just look terrible. Everything is in the right place. For instance, my guitars all face the same direction. They're all hanging the same way. Everything is in the right place, right from the get-go. It's thoughtfully laid out. Even the waiting area is well laid out. It's always tidy. They have easy access to the bathroom. It's always clean and tidy. And because the ground floor is where the teaching room is, I only have to keep that area of the house clean and tidy. The rest of it can be an absolute bloody pigsty, but my students aren't going to see it. So when they walk in, bang, everything's set up. It's all ready to roll right from the get-go. So they know they're going to get the best value out of the time and I'm not flapping around trying to put things together and make stuff work. Big important one for me is that it's always the same experience for them, both in terms of layouts tidiness cleanliness consistency works change will distract your students to keep your layout exactly the same or at least very similar from one week to the next and this is also an anchor for both the student and yourself and helps to make the sessions run more effectively why are we doing all this really it's to show that we are the real thing establish credibility not only just the environment itself suggests that we are professional, that we're caring, efficient, thoughtful, but we can do it in very, very overt terms. One of the most obvious ones is put up framed certificates, degrees, diplomas of your achievements. It automatically demonstrates your intellectual vigor. If you have a a diploma and then you've got a, a first class honours degree or a master's or whatever, put them up there. If you've got a really crummy degree, you might not necessarily want to put that up, but you might, some people just don't care. They just like to see things. More credibility comes from having a framed DBS disclosure document. This works especially well for parents who would like to, say, disappear off to the shop whilst leaving their kids with you it just buys you more credibility you're up front you're just showing everything something you might want to consider if you have them are bling pictures photographs of you with well-known figures faces um you know say for me it might be with entrepreneurs writers guitar players composers just because it, their credibility their fame, if you like, rubs off a little bit on you. You get a halo effect around famous people. And if you do have those things or you get the opportunity, grab a picture. It's a talking point. It also 
positions you as someone with access to that kind of figure. If you have products, it's a great idea to have products around the place, either pictures of them, framed book covers, or, or books which you can actually sell, obviously, any CDs, screenshots of some of your marketing, your website, for instance. And you, it's a great idea to put a QR code so that people can simply scan that and follow them up. Now, one of the biggest things that you can do as a teacher, and I do this quite, quite openly, I'm a guitar teacher, is use your stuff to elicit an ooh when they first walk in. When new students come to my teaching room, one of the first things they all appear to be fascinated by is the more than 40 of my own guitars that are hanging in a couple of rows in my teaching room. The minute you walk in a room and somebody's got 40-odd guitars of their own hanging up there straight away, that student knows they're in the presence of someone who is serious about guitars. It's, it's all about framing ink from the first time and every subsequent time after that. We want to be making and keeping the kind of impression that we want to make on students. Don't leave it to chance. Establish yourself immediately and irrevocably as an authority figure with massive credibility by using, essentially, the props which are rightly yours to use. Now, when we're setting up our teaching rooms, I really want you to think about the comfort of your students and of yourselves. So I already mentioned light. Make sure there's plenty of light. One of the things I'm experimenting with at the moment is different coloured LED lights that it can be remotely controlled because I found out from experimentation that at least one of my students who is mildly dyslexic finds it much easier to read under certain coloured lights. For him, it's red. But anyone with dyslexia, dyscalculia, any of those diagnoses, conditions, issues, whatever you want to call it, I experiment with coloured light. Again, this is something I borrowed from the field of accelerated learning. It just seems to work for a few people. For the sake of a few quid, I'd sooner give them that. So when your students are with you, they're going to be sitting down, quite possibly. So make sure that your seating, your seats, your chairs, whatever you want to call them, is suitable, that it's adjustable, it's strong, it's clean, and it's all of the same type. You really don't want your students walking in to find a manky collection of dirty old bric-a-brac that rickety and looks like it could collapse under them at any moment. So get decent, decent seating for them. Really decent seating for them. Allied to that is any desking or tables. Now, I don't use tables for my students. We have a music stand. But one of the things that I use for myself, I have an electric height adjustable sit-stand desk in my teaching room. This, this impresses some people. I still love it. And if I could, I'd have the whole house going up and down on electric jacks like this thing does. It's great. But if I'm doing a sitting down session on acoustic guitar, and then the next session I'm standing up playing bass guitar or electric six string with someone, I just hit the button and the desk goes up to the right height so I don't have to bend over or get myself in all sorts of uncomfortable positions doing that. It's just quick, it's efficient, and it actually looks good too. So if you use any stands or hardware, for instance, guitar stands, music stands, book stands and the like, get good quality stuff. Rickety, flimsy junk just undermines you. So get good stuff, 
set it up properly, and it'll serve you for years. I was using the same music stand, which is a conductor-style music stand with a magnetic board fixed to it. I've been using that now for about 12 years, and I'm pretty sure that if I'd used one of the skeletal metal traditional folding out music stands that would have been falling down in about 10 minutes flat for me because I'm a ham-fisted Herbert. So get good stuff it will see you for years. A couple of little things I always make sure there are coat hooks available to students because winter's coming I don't want to have a big pile of coats or hats and scarves and gloves lying around the place so I've just got in the in the entrance area I've got hooks where my students can hang their outer garments. And from time to time, just because I like coffee, I've served freshly ground coffee to students. If I'm having one, I'll always offer one to them. For instance, if I'm coming off a break, I'll just shout, I'm having a brew, do you want a coffee, guys? It just seems to go a long way to make people feel more comfortable. Now consider what you can do to help your students with your premises too. I keep a stock of strings, picks, stationery and all the odds and sods that students might need to buy so they can buy them from me. It's just quicker for them. I make a little bit of money on that, but it's really for their ease and convenience. I also sell chilled soft drinks, particularly during the summer. The number of students who show up for lessons and they're really thirsty, it just, you know, it costs me next to nothing to do that. And if I buy it from the cash and carry, then I can actually make a few quid. In addition to that, I let everybody log into the domestic Wi-Fi. I don't believe that my students present a particularly massive security problem to me, so I make the Wi-Fi logins available to them. Uh, particularly for the, the couple of parents who catch up on work here as their children have the lessons. You know, if they're sat here for an hour trying to work on a laptop... It, it can help them a lot. So I also make sure there's a place they can they can work. So it might be a folding table they can pull out. Or um, for particularly trusty people, I'll let them use the desk in my study. There's nothing confidential or sensitive there. So I'm happy about that. There's also in summer a patio area outside for seating and shade where the parents can relax whilst Junior has lessons. And I always... In addition to the stock of strings and picks and stationery, I always have tools to hand so that I can fix the common small problems with instruments, be that broken strings or truss rod adjustments or you know strap buttons that are getting stripped off. Bits and pieces, always keep the tools handy. So that's the, the big thing. So I guess you already know that first impressions last and if you can create and manage it, it's going to work to your favour. Whatever you do, I want you to remember you're going to be judged. So whether you let it become a pigsty or whether it looks wonderful, you're going to get judged. So you might as well get judged in a positive way. So we're going to back up what we say we do with the way we do it. And we do it every time the same way. We're just making it easy for customers and students to keep coming back, creating a feeling of ease in the, in the environment here and confidence in us as switched-on, authoritative professionals. Remember, your environment matters as much to you as it does to your customers. If you're working in a stressy, untidy area, it's going to wear you down. It will depress you. So the easiest way around that is just get yourself a system. Build a system to keep 
everything tidy and clean. So I have a checklist that I perform once a week to make sure everything in the premises is good. And every day at the end of a teaching day, be that 10 o'clock at night or whenever I finish, I very quickly run around with a vacuum cleaner and tidy up so that next day I'm good to go no matter what's happened. It's a great idea, I believe, as well to get a cleaner. Get a cleaner in to come in once a week, once a fortnight and do a really good cleanup. Remember, it's an expense of your business. And of course, if you're paying the cleaner less than you charge for your teaching rate, you're actually making money. You're leveraging that time and the price differential. So there's quite a lot to think about when we're looking at premises and routines for our teaching business. So that's my tips for you. But you get back to me, you tell me, how do you do it? What works for you? Do you have a specific regime or a system that works for you? If you do, send it in. I'd love to hear from you because I'm here to learn as much as to give away anything that might be of value to you. Now, that's my 10 cents worth on setting the stage. Just let me know what caught your ear and how you're getting on putting some of these ideas to work in your own business. Just send to info at neilcamado.com. Now, in the next episode, we're going to be talking money. Particularly, we're going to be talking about pension planning for tutors, building a secure future for yourself into old age or after the music stops, if you're a music teacher like I am. So I'm kind of excited to be thinking about that. It's not the most glamorous of subjects, but I believe it's something that's well worth a little bit of time thinking about, planning and exploring, because it could be worth a great deal of money to you. Until then, just remember to subscribe to the Tutor Podcast and get the updates and more tips to help you to start, grow and love your tutoring business. And join me, Neil Camado, in the next episode of the Tutor Podcast. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.